Welcome to episode 69 of the Girl About the Globe podcast. For this episode, I look back on my six years as a digital nomad and I hope to inspire you to take a leap of faith if you're thinking about remote working abroad too. Stay tuned. Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller, empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. So for this episode, I want to talk about a topic that is getting quite a lot of traction and I do think it's going to be quite a big travel trend for 2022. It's about living a digital nomad life and remote working abroad. I don't want you to think that remote working or the term digital nomad is just for younger people. There are co-working hostels that obviously attract a younger crowd, but as more companies are giving employees the flexibility to be able to work from home, or the new term WFH, then remote working is obviously going to get a lot bigger. And it's for everybody. It's for all ages. And to cater for the demand, I've actually noticed that more and more countries are trying to attract remote workers with digital nomad visas. If you're thinking of embarking on a digital nomad adventure, whether that's just two weeks remote working somewhere or living on the road permanently, then you may be wondering where you can go. So I want to share a summary of the destinations that I visited, which I believe are good for nomads and especially for solo female travellers. So I hope that this episode inspires you to Consider a destination that you might not have thought of before or to go and remote co-work somewhere that you've always wanted to go to maybe. You now have the opportunity to go and see it from a different perspective. So my most recent trip was in Madeira, which is a Portuguese island known for its Madeira wine as black sand beaches. And it's also most recently known for its digital nomads. It has a very big digital nomad community. I think it quotes that it has the biggest one in Europe. It's an amazing island to travel to, and that's going to be one that I'm going to include in this episode. I spent the last six and a half years before the pandemic being what is known as a digital nomad, which means that you can basically work from anywhere as long as you have your laptop. The type of people that do this lifestyle are entrepreneurs, bloggers, software engineers, translators, writers, anyone that can basically remote work. So if you're self-employed or if you work for a company, but you have the flexibility to work from anywhere, then you fall into this bracket as well. Obviously, the pandemic has been challenging for those of us that have this go wherever we want lifestyle and stay for a while and then decide to go somewhere else. I have personally found it quite challenging, but on the flip side, it's also made me realise that travel is a privilege. And the fact that we are able to go and choose to live somewhere that we want to live, even if it's only for a few months with a visa, then that is such an honour to be able to do that in this world. So in September last year, when the restrictions were lifted, I was able to leave the UK and I went to Greece and tried out the digital nomad scene in Athens for a month. I wasn't solo for Athens, to be honest, but it was good for me to experience the city and I did go to a couple of digital nomad cafes. I also saw a lot of people with their laptops working in coffee shops, including a middle-aged couple. They were working from a beach cafe where I stayed on one of the islands. From Greece, I headed to Norway, and although the co-working spaces weren't open to non-members because of COVID restrictions, I was able to work in cafes with social distancing, of course. 
But going back to Athens, I really enjoyed my month in this Greek capital. Athens is a city that is really surprising. I'd been there a long time ago, just for two days, and I'd forgotten what the city was like. Nowadays, they have cafes that encourage remote workers. There are meetup groups, so you can meet others as well. One of the advantages of living in Athens is that you can island hop on the weekends and visit a new island. So you can combine your working and travelling at the same time, but still have a base in the capital. Piraeus Port is in the city and you can reach the Saronic Islands or even further afield from there. And I really feel as though the lifestyle in Athens gave me a lot of freedom. And I was able to get by in English because quite a lot of people speak English. Barcelona is a very good choice. And there is just something about this Catalan capital. It's beautiful with wacky architecture, but it's also very walkable, which means that you can co-work in the city in the morning and then you can walk to the beach in the afternoon before having a glass of cava in one of the bars in the evenings. Public transport is very cheap as well. Food and wine are very cheap and a lot of the cafes offer a menu de dia, which is a set lunch menu which is for less than $20. The only disadvantage with Barcelona is the cost of accommodation because of its popularity with expats. But I honestly believe that the quality of life, the networking events and there are so many meetup groups depending on, on what you're into, whether you're into crypto or if you're into yoga and meditation or hiking. There are activities for whatever kind of interest that you're into. And they have so many co-working spaces there. So you could just go to a different co-working space every single day of the week. There is also an app called Croissant, which allows you to try different co-working spaces too. And what I love about it is that even though it's a city, when you first arrive, it feels very big. But then after a while, it does start to feel a bit smaller. So it's very easy to bump into people that you know. So there's quite a tight expat community. Third option is Bermuda. Bermuda is gorgeous. I worked on a cruise ship and I stopped off in Bermuda for a few days. And the fact that they're enticing nomads is really exciting. You may feel like you're far from everything there because it is an island very far from the mainland. But to say that you've lived in Bermuda is very cool. There are pink sand beaches and names such as John Smith's Beach, (laughs) which kind of reminds me of England. And I visited the island years ago, but I, I would recommend it and I'd love to go back there to work as a digital nomad. Estonia is a very popular destination, a very popular country in the Baltics. Tallinn, the capital, is an up and coming destination for digital nomads. I spent a few nights in the capital solo and really enjoyed my time there. For a small city, there is a lot of nightlife. You can learn more about its history and do unique tours such as a ghost and legends tour or explore its underground tunnels. And it's also easy to explore the rest of the country from there because nowhere's really that far. Even to get to the the next country, which is Latvia, I believe, it's only four hours on the bus from capital to capital. Or you can take the ferry to Helsinki in Finland from there as well. The hostels there are really good and really sociable. They arrange evening tours, so it's very easy to meet people. I'm also on the Mind Valley platform, which is a huge personal development platform, and they've even moved their headquarters there. So that's how cool and trendy it's becoming. Next option is Georgia. So Georgia is in the Caucasus Mountains between Armenia and Azerbaijan. The capital city is Tbilisi. It's incredibly cheap. There's great nightlife. The capital is a good base from where to explore the rest of Georgia on day trips or on a weekend. The only downside is that English isn't that widely spoken there. 
not that I expect everyone to speak English where I go to, but it just makes it a little bit easier whilst you're trying to learn the language. Fabrica Hostel seems to be the place to be. I visited there. They have co-working facilities and you can also stay there and they have restaurants. I also did bar crawl with them, which is a good start for arriving in the city just to get your bearings. It does look like a fab hostel and it would be a good starting place for anyone who wants to remote work from there. Another big destination that you've probably heard of for digital nomads is Gran Canaria. Part of the Canary Islands and they are very cheap to get to from Spain and also in the UK and they promise sunny weather in the winter months and a warm escape from a cold European winter. I did visit a couple of years ago in the month of January and the weather was surprisingly colder which wasn't normal I was told. So although the climate can't be guaranteed I can see the appeal of digital working in Gran Canaria. There are various co-working spaces which I checked out and you do have that island holiday feel. It does feel like it has more of a Latin Spanish vibe than a European Spanish one, which I really liked having spent a year and a half in Colombia. And the beauty about being here is that you can explore the rest of the Canary Islands too. So Tenerife is the main hub, but you can also reach La Palma, Lanzarote and Fuerteventura during your stay. If you prefer to be on the mainland, then Lisbon, the capital of Portugal, is a very good choice. It may not have the Mediterranean weather. Well, it definitely doesn't have the Mediterranean weather that you get in Barcelona, for example. But it does have the same sense of community amongst those living there and passing through. I've spent a week and a half in Lisbon. One of the weeks I was there, I just threw myself into the digital nomad community and went to lots of meetup groups, co-working spaces. They also have an impact hub, which I absolutely love. It's for social entrepreneurs or people who want to make an impact in the world. It's a co-working space for them. There are a lot of co-living and co-working spaces. There's Selena Secret Garden, which are a chain, and they offer accommodation and co-working. They also have comedy nights and lots of different activities through the meetup groups. Accommodation is cheaper than in Barcelona and the food and drink is good too. It's also on the same time zone as London. So if you have to be working for a company that are in the UK, then it's perfect for that. The only downside is that it is hilly. It's built on seven hills, so you do need good walking shoes. Don't take your heels with you to navigate around the city. There is a good metro system, but it doesn't take you everywhere in the capital. So expect to walk a lot or to hop onto a bus. And you can get by as an English speaker, although there are several Portuguese language classes to learn the lingo. Malaga also has a co-working community. It didn't grab me as much as I thought it would. I actually found the city a little bit too big for me. And I tried out a co-working space for a day, but there wasn't really much interaction. And I felt like I really needed to speak Spanish there. But that's just my own personal experience. Malaga is a nice city and you are also close to Marbella, which I love, and Gibraltar, which is also nice, and you can hop across to Morocco for a long weekend. Malta is kind of marketing itself as a digital nomad island, a bit like Madeira. I've heard good things about the digital nomad hub in Malta. I was planning to visit the island to check out the co-living scene before the island went red in regards to travel restrictions last year. I have been there before. And I did really like the island. People also speak English. There's a lot of history there. And you can also dive in Gozo, the smaller islands. If you love diving, then that's a good choice. 
There is a community of nomads called Coco Hub who are there. And because the island is reasonably small, I imagine it's quite a tight-knit community and easy to meet people. Marbella. So if you are living in Malaga, you can reach Marbella within an hour, I believe. And I do really love Marbella. To me, there's something so special about the coastline with the red mountains as a backdrop. And you can see the giant rock of Gibraltar in the distance on a clear day. I spent my days cafe hopping and I tried out the best co-working space, which was called Our Space. It's designed on a natural environment to inspire creativity. And my commute, because I stayed in an apartment near the beach, was a gorgeous hour-long walk past the ocean and palm trees. I also tried WeWork. WeWork are quite a big chain of co-working spaces. They have them all over the world. And I attended an evening talk about following your passion here. So they do have evening events. As much as I like the space, it felt as though it was located a little bit too far out of the city for me. It was a bit hard to reach with just the public transport. There are meetup groups there, but as a woman moving there alone, I wasn't sure if the size of the community would be enough for me, to be honest. But I did absolutely love Marbella. Now on to my absolute favourite city in the whole wide world, Medellin in Colombia. If there was a place I could stay forever, it would be this city. I just, I'm so in love with this city. It's called the City of Eternal Spring. I lived there for a year and a half. And for me, what makes the city is the people that you meet and the Pisces, the people who live there, are just the friendliest people and they really welcome you into their lives. The quality of life here suited me as well. The temperature was always at least 20 degrees Celsius and I lived in a penthouse, which four years ago was less than £200 a month, sharing with three other people. It was also great for me to explore the rest of Colombia while I was there including the charming Colombian town of Guatapé, which wasn't too far from Medellin. I used to work from Pergamino Cafe in El Poblado, which is where most of the expats and Colombians hang out. But since I've left, there are now plenty of co-working spaces and cafes in the city to try out. These are just some of the destinations that I've personally been to and I recommend as my time as a digital nomad. I hope that it inspires you to try remote working from a different destination. One big tip is that if you are considering this lifestyle, then it is important to get an insurance that covers you when you're living a life on the road. I've recently switched over to Safety Wing, which are a good option for digital nomads, because I never know where I'm going to be from month to month, to be honest. So it's the perfect insurance for me. And I will also be doing some more podcast episodes on digital nomads and writing a lot more articles about it. So if I have inspired you, then keep your eyes peeled for more content on it. And if I have inspired you, then you can find this article on the Girl About the Globe website. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlaboutheglobe.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.